0: What's up folks at Gator Country? This is none other than your boy David Soderquist along with Andrew Spivey and a huge week coming up for the Florida Gators as this will be the first time Alabama has come to the Swamp since 2011 when uh, John Brantley threw a big deep pass to Andre DeBose to start the game only to get smothered by Alabama 38-10 to 10 right afterwards. So Not much of luck for us the last time Alabama was in the Swamp but hopefully next time right now. This Saturday, the luck will change around. as of right now, Florida is a fourteen point five underdog, which is down from the previous fifteen point five. Is uh, Vegas seeing something we don't know, Andrew?
1: I, I'm I'm beginning to talk myself into thinking this is a a, a closer game than I think, and you know, I, it kind of. Um, Kind of mirrors off and 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 you remember this, but in twenty what seventeen when or twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen when Florida had to go to Baton Rouge to play lSU um after the hurricane with a chance to if they won they they went to the s c championship game year two of matt's uh uh tenure, I'm starting to feel get that feeling that it's a lot like that, yeah, um I don't know why. Well, I, I do know why, and that is a, a couple reasons, and, and we're going to get into this a lot more. But you know, obviously, the attention's on Anthony Richardson, and, and I and I solely agree that Anthony Richardson's a big part of this football team. Yeah. Um, but I also know this, and that is Dan Mullen figures it out every single solitary big game there is. For the most part, he figures out a way to move the ball. I you know I think we're we're, we're we're focusing on this and I'm not saying we're focusing on this for the wrong reasons but we're talking about this offense versus Bama's defense and and, and rightfully so because it's going to be a big day but but in my opinion this game's going to be won or lost by Florida's defense and obviously you're you're now looking with you know Ventro Miller out for for the foreseeable future. Some are saying out for the year. I'm told personally that it's doubtful. He plays the rest of the year, but there's a uh, possibility he could be back for Florida state. Um, we'll see bicep uh, injury and a surgery on uh, Monday for that. Um, so you have that uh, of him not being able to play in the game. And that's, that sucks. I mean, that's a big, big loss when you talk about this game, but um, not to get too deep into that, but I, I don't know why, but I'm starting to to feel a little bit better about this game for Florida. This is this is a very good Alabama football team. This isn't Alabama from last year. No.
0: No, this is and I even said it to somebody earlier today that is actually an Alabama alum. Um she I was talking to her in Instant Messenger and she said, Alabama, they've been elite before, but this isn't an elite team. This is just a good team. Well, and with a Freshman quarterback that, uh, you know, within his second start, he, this is going to be his first away game in a hostile environment. Pack stadium, full of Florida Gator fans, and he's going to have to perform like he did the last two weeks. He's going to have to perform like he did against Miami and like he did against Mercer. Already throwing for 70%. Uh, my, This is the t- chance where you get to rattle a freshman quarterback. I mean, this is your chance to to make it as noisy as you can, even before the game. Make noise. Mm-hmm. Get inside of that kid's head. Make him make mistakes. Make him throw turnovers. That way, Florida can get the upper hand. And I think Florida, you know, and, and I was looking at a lot of the statistics. Uh, their running backs, they're, they, they rely really heavy on the running game. Right. Their running backs really haven't done that much against Miami or Mercer. I mean, one of their running backs is rushed 130 yards against Mercer and Miami. If they can hold him to 60 and 70 yards a game, we can hold them to 60, 70 yards a game. And if not, there's an issue, and it's probably Todd Grantham, but we'll get into that too. But this is going to be the toughest defense that they've played all year. And our defense is no slouch. I mean, we pretty much, without turnovers, we pretty much shut out FAU. Without turnovers, we pretty much shut out USF. This should not be a problem for this defense to go in there, hold Alabama under 100 yards rushing, and take advantage of the crowd noise. I, I I have no other words to say. I know, you know, they have a lot of players, a lot of good wide receivers. You know, Kyer Elam is is looking for his NFL contract this year. He's going to be out there wanting to to make some plays. Uh, you got Perkins, who I love. I don't know how much of the field he's going to see this week either. You got him out there. And obviously, uh, you know, that that other corner spot is it's still up in question with Avery Helm and, and Jason Marshall there. But uh I mean, Alabama's still got some wide receivers and they got a dual threat quarterback. And, you know, these Dean and dunk plays that were going on the last two, three weeks, they're going to do the same thing to us. They're going to see if we can hold them to, you know, have the Dean and dunk plays and not even have to throw it deep to Meche or any of those other wide receivers.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you, you know, you look, you look at what it is. And and that is this, this offense is for, for Alabama is a very, um, very well old machine as far as, you know, they know what they're going to do. Uh, they're going to come in and they're going to want to set the tempo of the game up front, Right. I would say, and I may be wrong, but I would say that Florida's front seven is probably the strength of this football team. Yeah. Um, and so you're going to go best on best. You're going to go motto to motto man to man right there. Um, Get out to an early start in this game, and you know I said this. Uh, was doing a radio show and said this, and, uh, and and I meant it. You cannot let Alabama come out and get up fourteen to nothing or, or twenty-one right. to seven. Cannot allow that to happen. You've got to come out of this out of this gate. Obviously, Dan Mullen's going to defer if he wins the toss, and he's going to you know kick to Bama. You need to stop you need to stop for several reasons get florida's defense some confidence and some momentum you need to give the emory jones in the offense an opportunity to really settle into the to this football game when emory jones gets going that's when he's at his best yeah. when he can you know get a couple throws in a row and get confident that's when he gets going you know the first sign of of you know bad plays for him that's when he kind of goes down so you need to get off to a fast start in this game and you know i i say this and uh, if if Ford is going to win this ball game it's going to be in the mid 20s
0: yeah and and they're going to have to establish a run they're going to have to establish that line of scrimmage with the offensive line they've right. done it twice in two weeks granted the teams weren't the best of the SEC or anything they weren't even an SEC team or opponent but you had two good showings. That showed everybody that, you know, you can pound around the teams that you should pound around. Now it's time to put up or shut up. This is number one team in the country. If you can establish that line of scrimmage, get Damian Pierce going, get Malik Davis going, or Naquan Ryder, whoever you want to put back there, two tight end sets, two running back sets, whatever you want to do. If you can establish that line of scrimmage and get a run game going, it's going to make it easier for Emory Jones to score on Alabama, and he won't have to throw the ball as much, and we won't have to worry about a dreaded interception that could go for a pick six or something like that. But definitely the defense and the offensive line can take stress off of Emory Jones, and I think that's what you're going to have to do this game because Emory Jones right now, you know, I don't know what's going through his head. But right now, he's looking in the back of his head saying, oh, man, there's, there's a big, giant quarterback behind me that runs a 4-4, and he's, he's playing lights out, and every throw that he throws is on target, and it's accurate no matter what's going on with him, and I've got to at least do something to keep my starting job. And this is how I can keep my starting job, is getting a victory at the Alabama Crimson Tide at the, uh, at the Swamp.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we'll see. You know, I don't... I don't... I don't have a ton of confidence that Anthony Richardson plays a lot in this game. You know, I know Dan Mullen said on his Wednesday teleconference he's practiced every day, which a I, I have been told that's BS. He didn't practice on Monday, um, but you know whatever it may be, um, you're just not going to risk, in my opinion, too much in this game with Anthony Richardson. You you know whether or not, let's just say Florida beats Alabama. On on Saturday, and then they go lose in Jacksonville. You're probably not going to Atlanta, yeah, because Georgia's schedule sucks. Their, their schedule sucks. They're not going to lose two ball games. So at the end of the day, getting to Atlanta goes through Jacksonville, and so you have to, in my opinion, weigh the pros and the cons a little bit in this game. You know, do you want to go into this game and you know force Anthony, even though he may be your better option at times, to go. And then maybe he tears his hamstring up worse. And then he's yep. out for the rest of the year. So I, I don't know how much we see of that. So that could give opportunities for Emory to be a little bit more comfortable in this game. To, to feel a little bit better about things in this game um, and, and not to be looking over his shoulder in this game. So, um, I, again, I don't know what it is. I, I say it every every big game. Dan Mullen has something up his sleeve. He always does. Yep. Um, and, you know, obviously, if you look back at what it was against Bama last year, it was trying to mit, do mismatches with your slot receiver and, and their linebackers and their safeties. You don't have Kadarius Toney there. Uh, Maybe it's something with Jacob Cope on there, but in my opinion, it's going to be something with Emory Jones in the running game uh, and and quick stuff there. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see. um, It's going to be interesting to see what packages that he's kind of kept uh in his back pocket as well you know is there is there some two and three you know running back sets where you possibly have Malik and and Bowman and and maybe even Damian Pearsall on the field together or a situation where you have Malik and Bowman on the field together um you're going to have some of that there's something up his sleeve with that that it's going to come out on Saturday and and you're going to get the kitchen sink um so again I don't know uh I don't know what the, the game plan, per se, is going to be to win the game. Um, I, I do know that you know he's not going to go into that game telling Emory, hey, you need to throw the ball 30 times for us to win.
0: Yeah, but uh, also at the same time, and I, know, I did notice this too, watching the Miami and Mercer game, their secondary is kind of questionable. Uh, they, they leave guys wide open sometimes, and I've noticed that on a lot of plays. I think what you need to do, to me, is you need to start out and try to establish the run. You need to try to start establishing some kind of run game. Then after that, if you can establish a run, then I think you take a couple deep shots. Not not all the time, maybe like two or three, maybe four the whole game, but you got Jacob Copeland out there. That is your number one go-to guy. He's been making plays. He's been getting open. He ha- He's had these long touchdown plays. Get Jacob Copeland out there. Take a couple of deep shots with him and test this uh, Alabama secondary. Um, you know, I... I I, I just really have not seen good secondary play. I've seen good secondary play from Alabama, but not elite secondary play like I used to see. Even going into last year, Alabama secondary wasn't that great. They were okay. I mean, they were good. They weren't elite. They were good enough to get the job done, get turnovers, and get you to the next game. Right now, I've I will say this.
1: It. You know, while the, suspect will be, or the secondary has been suspect, always remember this, and that is... Nick Saban's going to be ready. Yeah. His boys are going to be ready. Uh, and, and and you know that. And, you know, if I'm Florida, the thing that scares me a little bit is how crappy they played against Mercer. Because yeah. that means this week of practice has been probably really grueling and really good for, for Saban and his staff. So, yeah. uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, again, I am uh, – I, I'm excited to see, you know, some of the mismatches they do. I, I definitely think that um, there's opportunities um, for Florida. Um, I don't know, you know, sideline to sideline is what Nick Saban's linebackers are really good at. And so that's going to be a question is if Emory can really spread the field out a lot there. Um, they are down Christopher Allen and they could possibly be down with Will Anderson, their other top linebacker. Um, so, you know, you're, you're going to get some injuries there um, a little bit. But, you know, well, Brian Ray's a guy who's probably going to line up on Gene DeLance or Michael Tarquin, who's ever at right tackle, and you better block it. Because if not, he's going to eat lunch in the backfield. So, um, like you said, establishing the running game. You've got to establish the running game in this game. You've got to make Alabama aware that you can line up and run it at them,
0: something you couldn't do in December. Right. You also, on defense, you have to get pressure on the quarterback. And I know he's a dual-threat quarterback, and they're going to try to throw the kitchen sink with it to us with quarterback runs all sorts of little dink and dunk plays that we've struggled with the last two games I'm pretty sure they're looking at that on film and you're gonna have to get pressure on this quarterback and you're gonna have to keep him from screening it off to one of those Alabama running backs because that's that's gonna kill you if every time you you blitz the quarterback he throws a screen and and they're getting 10 and 20 yard chunk plays that's just gonna beat you up the whole game and you can't go down by two touchdowns Florida goes down by two touchdowns they're not winning the game I, I I don't think so but at this point, you have got to rattle the quarterback. Hostile environment, yeah. freshman quarterback. Uh, it, you know that's going to be the key on defense, and I think Florida can do it. I mean, Florida has the defense. Uh, he, they have enough of a defensive line to compete with Alabama's offensive line. You know, Zach Carter, Brenton Cox, all those guys are going to have to. They're going to have to step up, and this is going to be the game. And they're going to be fired up. Zachary Carter is going to be fired up. He's the most fired right. up on that team. He's the leader of that team, if you ask me. Zachary Carter. Is going to be fired up for this game. So, establish the run, establish the line of scrimmage, and I think you walk away with a victory in this game. That's just my opinion.
1: Who plays linebacker is the biggest question for me. Hopper, you know, you, well, I see. I I, I love Hopper. I, I do. I love Hopper's game, but Hopper doesn't have the girth inside to to play middle linebacker in this game. Um, Especially with Moon, you know, you can't have Moon and and and, and Hopper, or, and really even Moon and Diabate together um, out there on the field. Because I, who's your who's your middle linebacker to absolutely come up and crush the run? Wow. Um, you know, that's my thing. Like, I don't know, I don't know who that's going to be. I mean, I think you're going to probably roll out Diabate and Moon as your starters at linebacker, maybe even um, Moon and and Hopper. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of Bernie uh, in this game. Yeah, because he's probably, you know, he's probably your biggest, thickest guy out there besides, you know, the the guys we talked about. So uh, that's a question for me, and that's where, you know, when you start talking about Gervon Dexter – when you start talking about Valentine, when you start talking about um, Tyron Truesdale um, and, and um, named Newkirk, DaQuan, you New start Kirk. talking about those guys. Those guys have got to be the guys who set the tempo up front and 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 not allow gaping holes to where you, you're one-on-one with the linebackers and that kind of stuff because you don't have Ventril. You know, you don't have that veteran-based middle linebacker who can just come up and thump you. That that you would like to see, um, you know. So maybe it is. I, I think you have to see more Bernie um, in in the game. Maybe you know. Maybe even some some uh, Derek Wingo in the game. It, but Wingo still seems like he's a little bit further down and needing some, uh, needing um, to to learn to playbook a little bit more and, and still need to you know get a little bit better. So uh, that'll be the interesting thing for me, and that's something I think a lot of people forget about is if you're playing Georgia or if you're playing, you know, LSU or somebody who's going to try to spread the ball a little bit more, Ventral's not you know, a, as big of a loss but when you're playing Bama who wants to just
0: line up and pound it at you that's where it's a loss Right, yeah, and and you know what you talked about this game you said you, you think it's going to be a lot closer than than what you thought well, did a little research every time Alabama's had a really close game. Somebody on special teams knocks it out of the park for them. Whether it's a big kickoff return, puts them in good field position, they do something on special teams. Happened to Clemson, happened to Auburn plenty of times. You've got to limit the special team's play. When I'm putting, when I'm kicking that ball on a kickoff, it's going out of bounds. Or through the end zone, not out of bounds, but through the end zone. Out of bounds would be bad. But uh, yeah. yeah. And then when you punt it, you better have somebody covering, because I guarantee you, Gianmeche, he's getting that ball. <laughs> he's going to try to take it to the house every single time. So if you go three and out, get your team ready. Get on top of the special teams. Do not let them score on special teams, because that's usually what happens to Alabama when they have a close game. They come up with a special teams play and wind up winning the game. So you well, here's to- the thing.
1: All big games are decided by a couple things. Three things, in my opinion. Penalties. Who wins the penalties? Yeah. Who wins special teams? Four things. Who wins special teams? Who wins the turnover margin? And who is able to dominate and really show will on the line of scrimmage? Those four things. Usually, if you can check three of those four, you win the football game. You know, you can, obviously, in Florida's standpoint, you can't lose turnover battle because we do that, you're in trouble. Yeah. Um. If they lose special teams and give up free points, you're in trouble. If you have a ton of penalties and Emory's in second and 25 and, you know, furthermore, you're in trouble. And if you don't run the ball, once again, you're in trouble. So all four of those things, in my opinion, you know, and that's any big game in in general. But like you said, I mean, Bama finds ways on special teams in close games to, to break your heart. Uh, and I will say this at times Florida's special teams has been really good. And at times there's been some question marks. Yeah. I haven't seen a kicker for Florida kick it, you know, in the end zone where, you know, McPherson, who just kicks it out of the end zone, and that gives him any, you know, ability to return it need that yeah. to happen this week. Um, obviously if you get a field goal opportunity, you got to hit it.
0: Yeah, you got to hit it. And that's something we haven't even seen either. They haven't had to kick yeah. a field goal yet how's Jace Chrisman going to kick a field goal? Is he, is, what right. happens if the game's on the line and you're at the 57 and he has to kick a field goal? Where's it going to go? Left, right, or in the upright? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. that's, that's another game that's, that's a big thing that Alabama has won close games. It was their kicking game. Actually, not really. Their kicking game's been pretty terrible. But
1: Their kicking game's been atrocious until the last
0: year or two because yeah, um, that, last... was, that was one thing he couldn't get a five-star from. Yeah, and then finally he hit one. Yeah. So, yeah, uh so far man and and I've looked at some of the stat categories here for this game. Actually Florida is averaging way more in total yards than Alabama. They've got 609.5 total yards where Alabama sits at 462. And and a lot of that has contributed to Anthony Richardson. Don't don't get me wrong, and I think that's why there's a big debate on whether he should play or not and, and uh you know, I'll get back into that cuz I actually wanted to uh comment what you said on, on that earlier but Yards rushing, Florida 381.5, Alabama 152.5. So, Florida is definitely (laughs) leading in the rushing margin against Alabama, too. So, Alabama really, a team that relies on running the ball, hasn't really been able to run the ball here lately. So, if you can limit that run game, get that quarterback rattled. I don't see Alabama scoring 30 points, but... To me, I think that Florida, and, and, you know, with them averaging 46 points per game and, and it being Mercer and Miami, I know our defense is better than Miami's. I know our defense is better than Mercer's. I think Florida can at least hold Alabama to 30 points without turnovers. There, there can't be any turnovers. If there's turnovers, then we're done. We're toast. It's not happening. So right. I think you can limit Alabama to 30 points. I think we can score 20 to 30 points in Alabama, too. So I think it will be a lot closer of a game than what people think if – Keyword, if Emory Jones doesn't throw three, four, five interceptions, or if he doesn't look like... If he looks like the Emory Jones for the first half of the USF game, I think we're in good shape. Emory Jones, you don't have to ask a lot from Emory Jones in this game. I don't think you do. All you got to do is say, don't turn over the football, get us first downs, and get us to the end zone. You don't have to throw these big, deep 50, 60-yard shots. I would say that you, you do every once in a while, You know, if you're establishing the run game. But you know, if Florida can't establish the run game and Alabama's pushing him around on the defensive line, we're in trouble. I mean, they're going to make Emory Jones try to throw the football. And if, if, yeah. if and Anthony Richardson can't play, you know, that's all you got. Who do you got, Del Rio Kidna? Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it'd be Del Rio. I mean, that would be your thing. But, I mean, you, you, you're going into this game, um, and and you, you're, you're going into this game, and you know, you know what Bama's game plan is going to be and that is going to be to force Emory to be the dude to, to come out and throw the ball. Um, again, you have to turn the tide in a little bit, and I say tide. I mean, that's you know, kind of that, but you turn the tide as far as if you can come out and, and still be able to run the ball efficiently with Emory, with Damian Pierce, with Malik, whatever it may be. Then, then you allow yourself to throw the ball off of that and and get the RPOs and the the screens and the flats and you know all those kind of things going. So um, again, you know what the game plan is. Emery, Emery and Dan have got to have a plan, and, yeah. and, and they do. I'm sure they do. I I'm sure they do. So um, we'll see. We'll, we'll really see where that is. Uh, again, I, I hope this is Emery's time to come out and come out and shine. Um, once again, in a big game, offensive line
0: play. Yeah, do you think, now this is a question I thought of earlier, do you think they use more speed this game? Do you think you see more of Lingard, you see more of Bowman, you see more of those faster guys out there on the edge because Alabama's linebackers are probably going to be pretty fast. You're probably not going to be able to run around the edges unless you have some kind of speed. you think we see Lingard, Bowman around the edges, maybe some speed sweeps with them, something like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I, I think you see some of the speed option play. Um, you know, especially with Will Anderson and, and Chad uh, or Chris Allen. Will Allen's for sure out, and Will Anderson's questionable. But even if he does play, he won't be a hundred percent. I do think you see a little more speed option. Um, I, I do think you see more Bowman and Lingard in this game. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, that's a that's a place where you can take advantage of things. Yeah. Take advantage with your speed. Your speed of Emery and you know Bowman or Emory and Malik or Emory and Lingard is going to be better than a linebacker just simply is. I mean, it's just no way around it. Um, so yeah, I do. I I think so. I, I think that you do that. I think that you see some stuff, uh, you know, as far as the two back set, I, I do. I really, really do. I think you see some different things, uh, you know, that we haven't seen with this team. And, you know, and Dan Mullen said that on Monday. He said, there's a lot of stuff you guys haven't seen. And, and I believe that because it has been vanilla. But I also believe that he understands, and, and this is not take away from the receiver group. The receiver group's a little held back because of the quarterback play, but the running back group is your best group. Yeah. Especially with Emery. So, I, again, I think that you're going to see some things different.
0: And what I'm really concerned with too is we haven't seen a lot from Justin Shorter, and he's had still has a lot of drops. I mean, he's had a couple drops, not a lot, but we haven't seen Justin Shorter. And to my thinking, if they don't have a lot of film on Justin Shorter, why don't we get him out there? Why don't we give him the ball a little bit? See what they can do with Justin Shorter? Justin Shorter is a big, fast, 230 pound. Freak kind of a guy. He's a what six foot five or something like that. A guy that was the number one athlete in his class. You haven't utilized him yet. What are you doing with Justin Shorter? So, I, I think we might see a little bit more Justin Shorter this game, just based on the fact that they haven't really done anything with him and the tight ends. Where's the tight ends been? Where's Whitmore Yeah, I think you definitely
1: see something with Keon Zipper and
0: Kamori Gamble. Um, and Whittemore. in this, Whittemore, too. What about Whittemore? Yeah. <laughs> You know, we have to see these guys that were making plays last year out here on the field doing it again. And I think Dan Mullen has a game plan for that. I think Dan Mullen has purposely not been utilizing too much of his talent to wait for games like this. But after he exposes this talent, you know, every team is going to be preparing for it. But, you know, I, 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 to me, I, I just, as a fan, I don't think we've seen the kitchen sink on offense. I really don't. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think so either. I, I don't think you have. And, I, and I mean, and that's
1: smart again. Um, let's look defensively, though, for a second here. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it, you know, with Ventrell and that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, the key in this game, and and it was in the Bama game in, in, in Atlanta in December, and that is when, when they motion, and they motion that back out of the backfield to, to the slots – and or to out wide, real wide, um, Hopper, yep. Ernie, um, even Dewan Black a little bit. Those guys have got to, got to, got to do their job because that's where Bama, that's where Bama beat Florida in Atlanta. Was you know motioning Najee Harris out. Now obviously Najee Harris ain't walking through the door again. Brian yeah. right, Robinson's a really good back, um, but you got to do that. You've got to set the edge. Uh, Zach Carter, um, Brenton Cox, Bogle, all those guys that are going to be playing DM has got to set the edge and funnel everything up the middle. Do not want anybody getting to the edge in this game, Uh, and that goes for Bryce Young. Make Bryce Young beat you through the air. Don't allow him to use his dual threat and, and get going either. And so, you know, it sounds so simple
0: it's just
1: it's not but you know when you're talking number one team in the country you have to you know dot your i's cross your t's you know cross your x's you got to do everything you're supposed to do in this game because it does take a close to perfect game to win these football games again i don't think alabama's as good as they have been in the past we all know they're not as good as we all thought they were after miami because miami is straight trash um (laughs) But they're a good football team. They're going to do things the right way. Uh the mistakes they made in the Mercer game, I don't think you see very much in this game. So again, it's you know, covering the slot or the running back with, you know, when they comes out, it's setting the edge and funneling everything inside and keeping everything inside the tackle box.
0: Right. And I'm, I'm, I am interested to see what they do with the absence of Ventral Miller. I was thinking Hopper. Now that you bring up Amari Bernie, that might be your best option right there to, to to stuff the run. He's the bigger of most of the run, uh, linebackers there, but I do like I do like Hopper. He has speed, he has size, he has good coverage ability. I think he's the best all around linebacker you have on your team right now that can play. Um, you know, I do like Diabate's speed, but he doesn't have the size that Hopper has. He doesn't have the size that Amari Bernie has, but he can set the edge, and he's good. He's Actually, decent in coverage as well. So I'm pretty interested to see what they do with veteran Miller being there, obviously. The cornerback position, I'm not worried so much about cornerback one. I'm worried so much about cornerback two. We've seen Avery Helm miss on occasions. We've seen Jason Marshall miss on occasions. What's going to happen at that cornerback two position? Um, do you roll Avery Helm back out there for another snap or two? Or do you let Jason Marshall take over the whole game and just see what he can do? The five star guy. Well, you gotta for, put
1: Jadarius Perkins in there. And, you need, you, know, yeah, and the, you
0: need Perkins there.
1: And you gotta figure it out. Is Perkins your star? You know, it, do you feel good enough with Thres Ch- Johnson as your star? Um, you gotta figure that out for sure um in the game. Hopper's gonna play a role in this game. Yeah. Hopper's going to play a big role in this game. He's going to play a big role in the season because mm-hmm. with, with the with the absence, you know, with the absence of uh, Ventral Miller, he just got to, um, especially when Moon shifts down and is in that outside linebacker DN spot. Um, definitely so. Um, and you and you have Diabate in mm-hmm. and, and Hopper there. Um, so it'll be interesting, you know, to see. How he's used a little bit, uh, you know, safety play outside of Trey Dean has still been a little suspect there. Um, so you got to figure that out as well. And like I said, this is your time to shine, Gervin Dexter. This is your time to shine, um, uh, Tyron Truesdale, uh, Newkirk, Valentine, all those guys. This is your opportunity to shine. Zach Carter, and listen, I'm not harping on Zach Carter. Zach Carter's had a lot of big football games. But Zach Carter, in my opinion, is on a a fast track to to being a late first-round pick. Oh, yeah. You go out and you do it against Alabama on Saturday, guess what? All eyes become on you, and you're definitely there. Zach Carter can do it. Zach Carter is that kind of player. This is where you make your money on Saturday, uh, for Sundays. Kyrie Elam, same way. Kyrie Elam, guess what? she's gonna line up across from you, big dog. And Alabama ain't scared to throw on you. So they're gonna throw it that away, son. Show what you got. It's 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 all across the board. Gene Delance, you know, everybody. That's all across the board. You're going against the best. It's Saturday. You're facing the number one team in the country in Alabama in front of a sold-out crowd. It's put up or shut up time. It's time for you to put your name on a map. You know, these guys keep talking about, you know, I don't want to be second to Alabama no more. Guess what? Your well, opportunity yeah. comes on Saturday. Your opportunity to put a loss on Alabama's schedule comes on Saturday when they come to your your stadium, the Swamp. You were pissed off last year when you had to run up the stands because you lost to LSU. Guess what? Put up or shut up time when Alabama comes. Your opportunity.
0: That's right. Limit turnovers, play good defense, and keep Alabama's offense off the field. Uh, I'm can't stress enough to keep Alabama's offense off the field. If you nickel and dime your way to touchdowns, keep their offense off the field, get their defense tired, I think that's the key to win the like. I really honestly think that's the key to win the game. you got to get Alabama on their heels. you got to get their confidence down. Every time you nick a first down, the confidence on that defense goes down the more tired they get. I say wait there on their defense, keep their offense off the field. That's how you win the game against Alabama. What do you think, man? 100%.
1: One hundred percent. I completely agree. Um, the atmosphere in the swamp is going to be big. You know, Dan Mullen says this all the time, and you know, I think a lot of people don't uh, take it for granted. This is an opportunity. Get loud. Yeah. Get loud and make it uncomfortable. It's three thirty in the afternoon. Uh, it looks like it's going to be, you know, maybe some rain, cloudiness, uh, some probably not as hot as it as it usually would be for this game. Your opportunity. Get the crowd going. Get the swamp shaking. Bradley Bill's gonna be Mr. Two Bits. Uh, the recruiting section is going to be insane. You know, this is the opportunity. Yeah. Um everything you want as a program. And you know, you're in year four under Dan Mullen. Year four. This is your opportunity. This is your time to 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 do things. And and you know, I I know it sounds crazy because again, it's not the end of the season, but this is the barometer. Alabama is the barometer to how good your football program is. This is your barometer, your opportunity for, for Mullen, Emory, the rest of the guys. I mean, everyone on this team, it's their opportunity. They've never beaten Bama. Dan Mullen's never beaten Bama.
0: Your is on Saturday at 3.30. That's Right, 60% chance of rain, too. So that's good for the run game if it does rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, slippery ball, and just hopefully no fumbles. And hopefully, you'll be able to run all over Alabama. Uh, do you want to do our three players or you want to take some questions?
1: We'll do some questions first. Here we go. I'll, I'll, I'll read you one. All right, this is one that I had here. Um, and uh You know, again, um, we kind of answered the first one. How does UF counter Bama's strengths on defense and offense? And and I think I think we kind of answered that a little bit. You know, offensively, Florida's front seven is is very good. And then defensively, Bama's front seven has been pretty good. So, um, you know, I, I think we kind of answered those a little bit there. Um, somebody said, how would you characterize our base defense? We seem to be a four-two-five
0: for all intents and purposes this year. Yes I, and no. I honestly don't um, even know what we are with Grantham.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes and no a, a little bit because um, with Grantham you play – you know a, a lot of different schemes. Um, college football in general is going to a lot of the four-two-five per se. Yeah. But uh, again, remember that one of those four defensive linemen is playing as an outside linebacker, basically. So in, in reality, you're almost going to that three three five dime package, um, and then you know at times Florida does go where they basically go to a a four four defense at, at, at times where they they have their uh, or, or excuse me a four three defense at times where they have that third linebacker you know up like Amari Bernie. So when they go Bernie diabate and moon um so so they they're so versatile when when they when they're out there that it's hard to really characterize one particular thing it, it, like you said in reality yes it kind of is a 425 defense because they're always or not always but a lot of times have the star your two safeties and your two corners but remember that one of those defense alignment is is playing as an outside backer
0: right and don't play 10 yards off the the receiver either cuz that that do, yeah. that's not going to work against Alabama but, yeah, I mean, a lot. you see a lot of these offenses going to this more spread offense, more hurry up. So a lot of defenses are changing their schemes, so they don't really stick to whether it's a 4-3, four, 4-4, four, four, whatever they run. It's, it's not, you know, it, they are always consistently changing every time they go on defense. So that's why I told you, I was like, I, I can't tell with Todd Grantham because he substitutes so many people in and out every game. They can't really even call it. You can call it a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, a million. <laughs> kind of defense, I guess whatever. Um uh, yeah. what, what other uh what are the questions we got here? I was gonna yeah, let you so, answer that one. You know a little bit more Mr. Football's what does coach. the
1: Alabama game for, mean for the future of Florida under Mullen? Um Ooh. I don't know that there is I don't know that there's one answer on this. Um and I may get you know I, I may be talking out both sides of my mouth when I say this, but it depends. Because, okay, you cannot go get blown out of this football game. And I I said that a ton. You can get blown out of this football game because then that means you took a gigantic step back. You know, everyone says, well, you know, this is a a new team for Florida. Yes, it is. But it's also a very new team for Alabama as well. Both of these teams are new. You know, obviously Saban's had much more time to build his depth, but it's so, as, But Dan's in year four of his depth. So you can't get blown out of this game. Right. Also, it really depends on, okay, say you lose this football game, how do you bounce back? Do you bounce back and then, you know, see him again in Atlanta? And if you see him again in Atlanta, it's got to be a better game than it was this time. Um, I, so I'm not saying uh, – I'm not saying one way or the other because I think it's a, I think there's a bigger picture of it all. Um, I don't know that the win loss of this game is so much as how you look and then how the end of the year looks. You can at the end of the year, and I said this from the beginning, your goal's got to be getting back to Atlanta. If not, this year was a failure.
0: Yeah. I, I'm kind of the same way as a fan. Uh, as far as it means for Dan Mullen and his tenure, I mean, if he, If he loses this game and he beats Georgia and he goes through the rest of his schedule and he gets back to the SEC championship and plays Alabama again, or you never know, maybe Alabama gets knocked off and he plays Auburn or something like that. You just really never know. I I highly doubt it. But, you know, if they go back to the SEC championship and they win it, then I'm okay with that. But if you get blown out by Alabama, those players aren't going to have a lot of confidence for the rest of the schedule. I don't think. Or they're going to be really pissed off. I mean, it, it, well, it matters. But you have to beat Georgia at that point. You have to beat yeah. Georgia two years in a row. And if you don't beat Georgia and you lose to Georgia and you're sitting here 10-2, and two, then a lot of people are going to be like, well, Dan Mullen, you recruited for the past four years. You said these were your recruits. Uh, you missed out on a lot of top talent in the state of Florida that Alabama and Georgia both did get. You couldn't beat them this year. You beat Georgia last year based on a, a quarterback that was playing at an elite level. But could you have beaten Georgia last year without Kyle Trask? They're going to wonder that. They're going to say, "Well, did you have enough talent really to beat Georgia last year, or did you just have a really good quarterback?" Right. So, well, and and, and to say that,
1: you know, you 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 looked at this game and and just in general, and you know, you you have it at the swamp, and you have all those recruits coming in, and you have all that stuff. You know, does it set you back? And you know it. You know if you say you know some people are saying, well, if Anthony Richardson doesn't play, then it doesn't really matter. Well, no that's not that's not the way this works because Emory was your guy. You can't get blown out of this game, period. <laughs> that's my thing. Can't get blown out of this game in in general. So let's move on to the next question. Assuming Dan Mullen is holding back a few wrinkles for this game on both offense and defense, any guesses what those might look like? No, I really don't. Um, I would say the biggest thing for me is going to be, I think they're going to get very multidimensional in their formations. I think you see two running backs on the field a lot. Um, I think you see a lot of different things. Um, I, I, you know, one thing I haven't seen a ton and and I, and I said, this to someone, it might've been even you, David, and that is, I've seen no motion with the receivers. Yeah. Yeah. I Jacob Copeland and Trent Rittermore are going to come in motion at some point and get a ball on jet sweep or, or something. So, um, and then defensively, I don't know that there's so much of a wrinkle. Defensively, Todd Grantham throws everything in the world out there anyway, so I don't know that there's a wrinkle we haven't seen from Todd Grantham.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's going to be more suited to, to benefit Emory Jones. I think there's going to be a lot more designed run plays in this next game uh, since Emory Jones has been struggling to pass the ball, and, and you never know. There could be some designed run plays that look like designed run plays, where he tells Emory Jones, hey, take a deep shot out there to Copeland. Take a deep shot out there to Henderson. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. I think Dan's going to try to stay away from all the intermediate throws that, that Emory Jones tends to struggle with. He could throw an intermediate throw in there between now and there, maybe a slant or something like that. But I really don't see – I see maybe those kind of wrinkles in the offense. I, I mean, I you, you haven't really seen any wheel routes. I know that killed yeah. Georgia, but that was Georgia. So he's, he's going to – what Dan Mullins going to do is he's going to find a weakness in that Alabama defense, and he's going to exploit it. That's exactly what does. Like you said last week, he exploits everything he sees in a defense. So I think Dan Mullen at the first, he's going to try to see what works, what doesn't in the first quarter, unless he's down by 14, then he's going to have to try something. And then in the second quarter, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more stuff open up as as the game progresses.
1: Um, Outside the quarterback position, who's one player for the Gators that you see having the biggest impact on the game if the Gators are to keep it close and or win? Offensively, it's uh, in my in in my opinion. Offensively, it's probably Malik Davis or Demarcus Bowman, whoever's playing running back. Mm. Defensively, it's Tyron Hopper, and and I say that and I and I just said that I didn't think he was going to start. I don't, but I think Tyron Hopper plays a good bit.
0: Yeah, I think you're right with Malik Davis. I was actually thinking Jacob Copeland. Jacob Copeland's been on a tear. Recently, he he's what 175 yards last game. I I know the opponents weren't up to par, but this is Jacob Copeland's NFL year. He's a lot older, a lot more experienced. He's shown out. He's shown he can get separation. He's shown he can get open deep down the field. I think Jacob Copeland's going to be the biggest guy on the offense this game, depending on how many times they throw the ball. Shoot, they may even do a lot of speed sweeps with Jacob Copeland. You don't know that, but uh, I think Jacob Copeland's going to be that guy on offense. I think the guy on defense can be Elam. Kyer Elam, he's gonna have to step up this game. It's his money year as well. I think Kyer Elam picks off the freshman quarterback at least once. Hopefully twice. Be great. But that's all right. Well that,
1: that leads us in. It's your yeah. turn to go first. You going Kyer first with your three players?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna pick Kyer Elam. I think he gets a pick. He might get two picks. It's a freshman quarterback. It's 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 you're at home, stadium's rocking. Quarterback, if, you know, if he's rattled, he might throw some balls up to the back of the receivers. You know they're going to have him on Meche the whole game. Yeah, It's going to be Kyrie Elam and Meche. I think Kyrie Elam gets a pick. I think he gets to maybe even two. I think that quarterback's going to get rattled. I think that defensive line can rattle that quarterback. So I'm going to pick Kyrie Elam.
1: I'm going Malik.
0: I beat think Malik's Davis.
1: gonna have a big game. I, I do. If you're gonna beat Alabama, you're gonna get an open field and, and make some. gotta have to make some plays. And Dan Mullen knows that. And hey, listen, we, we talk about money years. It's Malik's money year too. But, you know, he he has the opportunity now. I mean, um, hasn't um hasn't had his career go as he probably would have liked, or know he w- wouldn't have. Um, so yeah, Malik's gonna have money day
0: on Saturday. Well, I'm having trouble with this one because I'm going to pick somebody off the defensive line. And, 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 you know, I'm really high on Zachary Carter. I think I might pick Bogle, defensive line, depending on, you know, obviously where he plays, whatever. I think Bogle's going to have a good game. Uh, He's the fastest of all of them, I think. And he's the most disruptive. Not the most disruptive. I think Zachary Carter's the most disruptive, but he's the most disruptive as as far as speed and uh, everything else goes. So I'm going to pick. I'm going with Bogle, man. I haven't picked Bogle and I think he's going to have a big game. I really do.
1: People laugh at me when I say this, but Bogle's better than Brenton Cox. Yeah, I think he is too. <laughs> and <you, laughs> Brenton Cox gets the love because he was a transfer and he's a five star. Yeah. Chris Bogle's a better player. That's just my opinion. I mean, I may be the stupidest person in the world. Twitter tells me that all the time, but Hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go to the defense line. And I'm going to go to the guy that you wanted to pick. And that's, my man Zach Carter from the eight five three. Um, uh, big game, big time players show out on big time games, and I'm getting fired up because Zach. We we've talked about it, and and, and there is no doubt in my mind Zach Carter is a big time football player. It's going to play for a lot of years on Sunday and the next year. Your opportunity, big guy. Your opportunity against the best defense, our offensive line you'll face. To the, to the date right now, to this year. I mean, Georgia will probably be, could be a little, little bit better. You may see a little bit better, but to, to the date in this year, that's the best you're going to face. And I, I think Zen Carter's going to have a big
0: day. All right. Number three for me. And I'm going to pick this guy for the second time in a row. My man, Gene DeLance, baby. Let's go. Gene DeLance. Only allowed one quarterback hurry all year. I'm going with Gene DeLance. I have no other reason, rhyme or reason, I think Gene DeLance is going to show out. He's going to get, and I'm telling you this, if Gene DeLance has a good day, I don't want to hear anything from anybody on Twitter or social media anymore because you can't knock the guy. He's playing the number one team in the country, and he's protecting your quarterback, and there's no quarterback hurry? Gene DeLance, baby. Gene
1: DeLance. My next pick's going to be the moon man. Jeremiah Moon. There you uh, go. From from Alabama. It's a big game for, for Moon. Just like Zach Carter. Hey, Dave, big dog. Jeremiah, <laughs> you, you wanted it. Your opportunity now, big dog. You shut up Bryce Young a few times. You, you put a snacking on Brian Robinson a few times. They'll remember the name, uh, Jeremiah Moon. Mo- Moon
0: is pick number three. Moon is pick number three. All right. So and we're actually tied. Actually, because what we tied last week, I think. Yeah. I, mean, I think I won week one. You tied. We tied last week. So yeah, man, don't so. don't let me down, to Lance. Damn it, don't That's let right. me down.
1: Moon and Zach, we got this. We got this, guys. All right. Um. All right. Fifteen point spread. We're not gonna pick against the spread. Just straight up. Gators are tied on Saturday.
0: Oh man, you're gonna make it hard on me. Uh, let's see. I think Florida can hold Alabama to thirty points. They should hold Alabama thirty points. Don't trust Emory Jones enough to throw the football like he has been, which, God, I hope there's no interceptions in this game. Um, I'll say this. I think Dan Mullen's going to play around Emory Jones' strengths this game because he has to. I think he's going to force Emory Jones to throw the ball the least bit as he can. I think the defense is going to play better. I think the defense does rattle this quarterback. I think the game's going to be close. I'll pick, let's see, Florida... 28, Alabama, 32. I think Alabama is still going to win. So I might as well do that and jinx it.
1: Not so fast, my friend. Not, Not so fast.
0: 31-27 Gators. Yes, that's what I like to hear.
1: 31-27 Gators. It, it's going down, my friend. It's going down. I feel it. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. But I got 31-27. Put up or shut up time. Emory puts it up. And shuts the, the haters up. And Anthony Richardson maybe maybe does. There's a game plan. I don't know what that game plan is. I wish I knew. I love game plans. By the way, I love. There's nothing better, David, than sitting around a table, getting a game plan together, and then going out and seeing it on Saturday executed. It, it's it's the greatest thing in the world. There, it, it's awesome. It's awesome to see. I wish I knew the game plan, but I got it 31-27, man. I don't know why. The swap's going to be rocking. Bryce Young is going to have some issues moving against a defense who's pissed off after giving up a lot of points in Atlanta last year. And so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's time. Number one team goes down um, in the swamp, and uh, Gators come out victorious.
0: Secret weapon to watch out for this game, too, Trey Dean. He wants retribution for that, uh, that fumbled pick six. That he should have had. Well, not probably. Put oh, the handcuffs six, out, Trey. Yeah. Come on, man. Pull Bring handcuff. the handcuffs. Lock it down. And uh, Lock it down. Bring the see, handcuffs. Guys, before before we end the podcast, I am bad luck, and I do jinx a lot of teams, so that's why I picked Alabama for you guys. So there you go.
1: Well, see, I'm usually the opposite. I usually say, when, 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 my, when my good friend Nick was on here, yeah. I would tell Nick before, I'd be like, Nick, Florida's going to win this game, but I'm picking LSU and picking out of them. But, but, but it's a new chapter, Dave. It's a new chapter. So and I'm just going to just come out straight and tell you Florida's going to win the game, and that's what's going to happen on Saturday.
0: So can we reverse jinx each other?
1: Maybe, but it's <laughs> going to happen. It, it, it's going to happen. As my as my little one says, my, my four-year-old, he says it. He says the Gators are going to eat some elephant um, elk, trunk, whatever you want to call it. He calls it their nose. So that's what's going to happen on Saturday. They're snoots.
0: Yeah. Well, whatever
1: it is, I don't know. I mean, you know, they're, they're elephants, but they're, they're washing powder. I mean, what, what's the deal? <laughs> they got an elephant as a mascot, and they got washing powder in their name.
0: And they never have any cool uniforms. It's just numbers on their helmets. Hey, on. Now
1: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. I, I love it. I love, their, I, I love the traditionalist stuff. <laughs> Me and you may differ here. I like tradition, and... I, I, I think Nick Saban would be crucified if he if he put him in anything but crimson helmets.
0: Well, speaking of tradition, after this week we got Tennessee, so we'll just have the week you know the tradition of beating them down next week.
1: Oh, oh well, you know I love to trash Tennessee. There's nothing better, you know as as uh, as they said in a uh, Blind Side. Nothing, nothing do we like about that ugly orange. That's right. And as Butch loved to say, they were definitely life
0: champions. They are five star hearts. Brick by brick. That'll be it for next week, though. We'll save our insults. Yeah, we're week.
1: we're ready. I'm fired up, man.
0: Oh, and, and I, then I, I, after yeah. the game, after the game, we got Auburn uh Penn State. Yeah. Tons of recruiting.
1: So, stay tuned because we will have that on uh, on the website on Saturday. Tons and tons of recruiting updates. So, um, I'm excited, man. I am. I You know, I told someone this. We took it for granted. Myself, I took it for granted. Seeing stadiums packed. I am so ready to see the stadium packed. I'm okay with the traffic. I want to see this place rocking Saturday at 3.30. I want to see it rocking and I want to see the atmosphere
0: just absolutely insane man yeah and you've heard a lot of recruits in the past that they said Florida stadium is the loudest one of the loudest that they've ever been to and they've had a good time there And in the recruiting list and and I we're not going to go over it cuz it's a huge list but there is about what a little little over 10 five stars in attendance along with a bunch of top 100 guys I
1: mean, yeah I mean,
0: yeah it's it's a, a,
1: it's a huge list i mean it's a um it, it's a who's who list um, Evan Stewart's a big one. Chris McClellan from Oklahoma is a big one. Devin more the Notre Dame commit's coming into town. It's a big one. It's a who's who list. Uh, again, I, I say it again, and that is you want to fix recruiting. Win football games like this. Yep. I, and, and, and Dan is not the best recruiter. His staff's not the best recruiter. But winning football games like this and beating guys like Nick Saban will help recruiting. It will
0: help some of those weaknesses. Win the game. And a lot of those top ranked guys that were USC commits are coming over after their coach got fired too. So now is a good time to capitalize on that one as well. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Win the game, man. That's it. Go win the game. All right. Spivey. You got anything else? I know you're fired up, man.
1: (laughs) That's it right now, man. He said Um, all he could say. I'm just, I'm excited, man. I I really am. Um, I, I just, I love seeing good football games. I, you know, I, I'm not an Alabama guy. I grew up having to hear about it. I can't stand Alabama. I respect the heck out of Nick Saban, and that's the honest guy, true. I love watching a Nick Saban coach football team. I love seeing Dan on Saturdays. Dan's one of the best offensive-minded Saturday football coaches out there. I love to see it. Like I said, I wish I could see the game plan, and, and not to tell anybody, just to see it, to, to hear the thoughts. I love to see the chess match. The chess match in Atlanta last year was awesome. I'm ready for chess match number two. I'm ready to see it. I I know Emery's, you know, has his struggles. Dan's not stupid. He sees it. Dan knows better. He's not dumb. He knows Emery doesn't throw the ball very well, but I'm ready to see it. I really am. I'm ready to see some of these playmakers. And again, it's just an opportunity. I I say this all the time, and and not to get on a horse, but. You come to Florida for these football games. Yeah, you you come to Florida to win these football games. Figure out a way on Saturday. Figure out a way. Your life as, as a Gator, you know, it would it, not that it's not going to be good, but it's so much better when you win these big-time football games that everybody
0: starts talking about you and loving on you. That's right. And maybe, just maybe, we'll see Anthony Richardson. Who knows? Uh, 60% chance of rain? <laughs> 50 and 50% chance of Anthony Richardson in the swamp. So for Andrew and for David and me jinxing Alabama for you guys, this will be the end of the GatorCountry.com podcast here. And uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at GC on Twitter. And you can follow Andrew Spivey at Andrew SpiveyGC on Twitter as well. That'll wrap it up, folks, for this episode of the GatorCountry.com podcast. Go Gators!